This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. 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 I'm very excited for this one. And because in 2017, yeah. a crack military commando was sent to prison by a military court for a crime he didn't commit. Mm. He promptly escaped from maximum security stockade into the Townsville underground. And today, still wanted by the government, he survives as a soldier of fortune. If you have a problem, if nobody else can help, and if you can find him, you might just call our guest today. Yep. And with the power of voice modification, please welcome the anonymous backer. Hello. Uh, an incredible welcome that was. Yep. Um, very, very anonymous, as we know. So uh, for new listeners of the show, people who are a little bit out of the loop, um, on the on the weekly shows, I'll do a shout out for all our Patreons in the top two tiers, patreon.com forward slash Anorabrim Rookies, if you'd like to support us. And every week, those people get their names read out. And one of our top patrons who wishes to remain anonymous is read out every week as the anonymous backer. But he also happens to be a North Queensland Cowboys fan. Um, so we thought, what better way to introduce him to the uh, Boom Rookies universe at large than by allowing him to come on and talk all things North Queensland. Um, for the purposes of the rest of this podcast, I will be calling you backer, anonymous, TAB. If, if there's any name that isn't Campo, just assume I'm talking to you. So. All right, good. And so we'll start with the Cowboys. So, Backer, what do you want out of this season? Is it Premiership or bust? It is certainly not Premiership or bust. That's like, there are very few teams I would apply that to. Um, I, I would love last season again. That would be amazing. Top four, um, home final, maybe a, a win in the, at um, the new stadium in Townsville would be probably as good as it gets. Premiership, I don't know. That would be the dream. But um, last year was fantastic after a, a pretty lean run. And I just want to see us, see the Cowboys uh, lock that down and, and become a finals regular team again, more so than, you know, being super devastated if we don't win the, the go all the way. The cows were a funny one for me last year because, like, I got an enormous amount of affection for North Queensland, like the club, not so much the region. I've never actually been up there, but like the the way the club operates, the vibe of the place reminds me a lot of the Raiders. Like they're kind of like tropical Canberra, and then the Raiders are kind of like frozen Townsville. Because of that, for years leading into last year. I was always putting the Cowboys in my eight. I was always like, yeah, Jake Clifford, he's fantastic. Yeah, Scott Drinkwater should play Origin. Like, oh boy. I was yep. very, very much in on a lot of their players. And all they did for years after 2017 when they made the grand final, all they did was was hurt me and make me look foolish by being really bad all the time. So last year, I put my foot down and I said, no, no more. I'm I'm breaking the cycle. I'm throwing out the cows. I'm tipping him to miss the eight. I don't want to know about him. I don't want to see him. And then about six weeks into last year, I was in love with him again. Because not only, like, my, my affection for the team aside, I thought the style of footy they played was just was just really compelling and, and really, really great to watch. And it was like they'd finally unlocked this code. They'd finally found the best of all these players who'd sort of been on the scene for a little bit. Like Tom, Tom Dearden had been in first grade for about three or four years. And all of a sudden, he turned into the player that Brisbane was so excited about 
a long time ago. You know, Scott Drinkwater got into first grade and was just absolutely dealing. He's probably, he's like one of my favorite players to watch in the entire competition, just because of his creativity and the risks that he's willing to take with the ball and seeing those risks pay off. Like Jason Tamalolo is one of my favorite players of the last decade. And he had a really, really great bounce back season and it all came together really, really well for him. So Backer, I want to I want to try and get this from the from the Cowboys' mouth, and you do have a bit of a mouth on you because you are in hiding after testifying against the five New York criminal families. Mm. But what changed for the Cowboys last year? Like Todd Payton is a coach that we I think a lot of people wanted to see him succeed because of the the manner of him, because of how smart he seemed and how well he spoke about the game. But it had been a rough couple of years up to that point. But what changed for him last year? What was really different and why, why can we expect more of that in 2023? Uh, I think it's got to be down to Todd Payton, right? Like, I think he may be, um, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but maybe he... Uh, speak for him. Feel free to. He can't find <laughs> well, you, dude. Like, like, that's true. You are anonymous. That is true. This is very liberating. Um, the first season, he got things wrong. They were coming from a long way back, and I don't know. He, he, he just didn't get it right. Maybe... Maybe he was big enough to admit that to himself and change things up. I don't know if you ever heard, but they had a pretty um, different uh, off-season preparation where players were made to, I don't know, feel uncomfortable and, and respond to that. And that, that's what they all talked about all through the year, about how that brought them together. Um, and they, I don't know, they just they just started playing a good brand of footy and, and played for each other and it, and it sort of all just came together. Um, I mean, like the, the, the Chad Townsend signing, everyone talks about that. It, it obviously paid off, um, but I don't know. It's, it's the genius of Todd. He, he was bad in his first season. He'd like, I don't know, owned up to it and turned it around second season. You mentioned, you mentioned the Chad there. CT7, yep. the haircut, one of Bungard's long time A long-time born favorites. winner. Born winner. And you're right. A lot of people slagged that signing, me among them, you know, like professionally and privately. I, I really wasn't a fan I wasn't, of it. I wasn't massively excited. I'll, I'll tell you the truth when it was announced, definitely. Do you remember when I met you at an undisclosed location and we discussed yes. the we discussed what was going on with Chad Townsend and we lamented that this is what they were doing, that they were committing so much money to a guy who looked really finished but he had a great year last year he was really strong for him and he gave him sort of that leadership presence that they needed in the house and they guided him around really well thought he had a fantastic year until the prelim and we got to talk about the prelim where I, I feel like a lot of the team's shortcomings really reared up at the worst possible time but the biggest one was the poor old chat i thought he had a shocker so even though the chat already proved us all wrong last year how much confidence do you have that he can be like a top, he can be like an elite premiership winning halfback? And I know people might say, oh, he's already won a premiership. It's like, yeah, he has. But can he do it again? Can you see the Chad lifting the premiership trophy on grand final day? Um, look, I've been a Cowboys supporter since day one. So I like pessimism has been beaten into me. So I, I never really looked that far ahead anyway. I'm not sure I'm, I'm envisioning at this point of the year Chad lifting the trophy, but I think he can, like, his age is a worry for sure, but he did everything right last year. Sure, they lost the prelim, but, you know, they lost, they were in it until the last second. It was, and it was like a, 
absolute barn burner of a prelim. Mm. It's not like they got they you know um, turned it up in in the in the big one. They were right there. Um, for sure, he could have played better. He probably wants that kick back late in the game. Um, but there are like we could have won the game. Like Kyle Felt doesn't miss, and he missed um, when he could have scored a try late in the game to win it. So I don't know. it's not all on Chad. I think he can hopefully be that steady guy again. What I want to see is Tom did and just keep progressing and take a little bit more heat off him. Um, he was, as you said, really good last year. He's very young. Hopefully he just keeps um, getting better. And if Chad isn't as good as he was last year, did a little bit better and that gets us through. I'm not sure. What do you reckon? Yeah. yeah it, go ahead. Go ahead, Bungus. I'm just going to say, I, I was with you, mate. Like I was so wrong about them last year. They were by a great margin the team i was the most incorrect about in preseason predictions and it's weird this time around because they've kind of been lumped in with the sharks to not as much as the sharks but to almost a similar extent in the way that people are saying that they overperformed last year and that they're going to regress a little bit backwards this year i'm not so sure i agree with that um most of their team and, and certainly all of their key players. I mean, Tom Dearden aside, no one saw that coming, but the rest of these guys really only look like they're going to keep getting better in terms of those young crop of guys. I mean, they've already locked up Nanai on a big extension. Uh, I'm just wondering what your perception of how some of those guys performed last year was and whether you think that a few of those guys, I guess specifically Dearden, but some of those other guys, like Drinkwater as well, like certainly had the best season of his first great career. Can they do it again? Yeah, well, the, the funny thing about Drinkwater um, and Correct me if I'm wrong here, Campo, because your memory is way better than mine. But, I mean, he didn't even start the season in first grade, right? They went for the hammer at fullback yeah. for the yep. opening round. The hammer had the got job. Injured. Yeah, and yeah. the hammer had the job, and then he got injured, and then Thirsty came in, and then it was just over. Todd Payton yeah, saw the light. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. He's always had the talent. Um, I mean, even when we were terrible, he was just like you'd, you'd just watch him because he was like, you know <laughs> – 44-22 loss, he would do a few freakish things and that would make you smile and then you could just be ha like slightly happy about your terrible thing. Um, I saw that coming. I've, I the was so happy that they signed Reese Robson and he just keeps getting better every year. He absolutely rules. Um, he can, you know, go under the radar and never play Origin. For me as a Queenslander, that's fantastic. He can just keep playing for the Cows every week, doing the good stuff. Um yeah, I don't know. Dearden, um, just because the, there was so much hype around him at the Broncos, I sort of was hoping that there was something there and that they could resurrect him, and that's great. So let's just hope it keeps going. What's crazy with Tom Dearden is that, like, that is the narrative around him, that he needed resurrection. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Tom Dearden hype when he was at Brisbane was, like, really, really out of control. Like, they yeah. were talking about him yeah, being yeah. a 10-year halfback before he played a first-grade game. He debuted in 2019, only a couple of weeks after he turned 18, they really threw him to yeah. the wolves. And then at like in the middle of 2021, when he'd still only just turned 20, they decided to cut bait and move on, you know? So like he was, he, he, it's not really fair to say that he washed up at North Queensland. He was only 20. He was still just getting started, but he was someone who I thought he was pretty good there towards the back end of 21 in a really bad Cowboys team. I thought he really showed some spark. And then last year he just really went from, from strength to strength is he's still, I think developing as a playmaker. Um, he's running games fantastic, no doubt, but he's still developing as a playmaker. And that's 
where I can see North Queensland improving a little bit this year, like Dearden getting a little bit better as a facilitator while keeping that really strong running game that we saw really come to the fore last year. I think Drinkwater, Drinkwater is a bit different. And I think Drinkwater is almost fully formed. And he was almost fully formed as soon as he came into first grade. Like, he'll, like he'll see chances and he'll just go for them. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's not something that you get better or worse at because he's just like raw footy instinct. And it doesn't matter if he's on his own 30 and he's got to put a kick in for somebody or if it's, you know, he's got to dance around someone and throw a weird flick pass. Like, he'll just do it. He doesn't have any fear. That's kind of why I love him. And you're right about Robson as well. I I think there was talk at the start of last season of like swapping Robson for Leilua to try and get Leilua early. Like that was yeah, insane that was because Absolutely crazy. <laughs> finding a good hooker is so, so hard. And like if... And they, they, is, the cows were linked to um, Brandon Smith as well. I'm like, what are you doing? Like you'd let Brandon Smith go. Don't try and find him back for a million dollars when you've already got like a really, really, really good hooker. You lucked into another one anyway. So just hold on to him. That's it. And like I love I love Robson's running game. It's not as like dynamic as someone like Cook or Smith, but he's really sharp with it. He's really smart with it. He's yeah. he's like more robust than you think, too. Like he can hit yeah. dudes and carry them. So yeah. like I, I feel like there is enough optimism there to say that that spine can really improve together. And especially as like, you know, they all get more footy with the guys on the edges. So with, you know, Holmes and with Nanai and 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 with Felt and with Talungi and, and all that and Peter Hicku was a real unsung hero for him last year. So I think there are reasons to be optimistic about the cows either matching last year or doing better. Um, the big the big thing for me is that prelim loss. Mm. I can't stop thinking about it because what you said before, anonymous backer, was correct. You know, like it was a great game and they were in it right until the end, but they should have won. They should have won. Absolutely. Like they had them on yeah. toast. They were up by what was it? They're up by ten with twenty minutes to go. You yeah. know, up in the yeah, up in up in the fucking sweat box. Like they should have got it done. And Parra did great to get into it, but they were only able to get into it because the cows went off the boil a little bit. And maybe that was down to inexperience because they the cows hadn't played a final full stop in a long time. Their last finals victory before that was the twenty seventeen prelim against the Roosters. So maybe there was just a little bit of a never lack forget, of experience. Never forget. Oh, never forget. Never forget. One of the great games. But that's kind of what concerns me is the residual the residual hangover from that match. Because they had a grand final berth in their hands and they they let it slip away. Okay. So can I counter that with feel free. Surely that drives them if nothing else. And surely what the potentially worst scenario is is they win that final great go to the grand final and just get absolutely stomped on by the Penrith machine and just don't ever want to play footy again <laughs> what well, would make what would make you want to play what would make you never want to play footy again being like throwing it all away in front of beloved family and friends at the sweat box or making the grand final and, having, and then shot. getting smashed by Penrith uh, I mean, they, the last time they made a grand final, they got smashed by a all-conquering machine and did not come back for a very long time. So, um, mm. uh, I, I don't know. I, like, that's it's a fair point. Hopefully, it's not true. Hopefully, it is something that drives them more than anything. Hopefully, it's um, gives. I mean, there's there's players with um, you know winning experience in that team. Tamalolo. Val Holmes, Chad Townsend, but there's a lot of guys who have never played finals before. Like you said, they won. A, they played two absolute stormers of finals. They showed 
absolute plenty to come back and beat the um, Sharks down in Cronulla. And then they, I mean, they should have beaten them for sure, but they didn't, they didn't turn it up against the Eels. They, they, like the Eels were really good. <laughs> they were a pretty good yeah. side. And they, yeah. I mean, and, you know, Sean Lane just caught absolute fire and just killed them. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I, this, is, this feels weird because, like I said, being a Cowboys fan from day one has beaten pessimism into me, but I, I'm pretty optimistic that that's not what's going to be what ruins them. I'm, like, I'm more concerned about... That, like the, I wouldn't say lucky last year because you make your own luck, but you know a lot of things went their way for them to finish top four. Um, they haven't. I mean, there, there was no reason to, but they have, their squad hasn't improved through signings or anything. Um, as much as I love Jason uh, James Tamo for his uh, contribution to the 2015 um, premiership, but. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I would really hope that it's not the, a prelim loss at home by four points when they could have won it. That is what ruins them, basically. Yeah, like that sort of level-headed approach is why you did so well at the CIA. Where your record is heavily redacted, and like the government doesn't officially acknowledge your existence. You mentioned Tamo, and like it's funny that we talk about him as being the big the big recruit or whatever because he this is very much like a one last time type deal but i'm yep. fired up about it because like any time one of those 2015 boys can can come home i'm always always going to be pumped like can we get scott bolton running the water or something like that can we just can we just get a couple of them in there can we get kane can we get kane Lynn involved somehow surely what's kane Lynn up to now yeah. i think he's still I playing cannot, i think I he's playing in England still. is he still Wow, that's Let, I got a vamp a second. Well, just while I check this, I'm pretty sure Kane Linnett made the Super League Dream Team last season as a second rower. Well, there you go. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, it's you've said it with the cadence of something that's true, so I'm just going to yeah, believe you. That's that, you, you, know, you, you know what? You know what? I'm 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 saying it. I'm making the call. Kane Linnett made the Super League Dream Team. Will Ma- Will Mandela affect this into reality? Yeah, sounds good. I like it. Um, all right, um, but well, yeah, I mean, well, I was just going to say this. Yeah, like that's why I'm thinking it would be great to repeat last season. But I, I feel like there are other teams that have improvement in them through big signings, a la the Roosters, etc., who are likely to make that as likely to make that jump as the Cowboys are to um, stay at that level. Yeah. Um... I mean, there's really nothing to be negative about for this upcoming season. I mean, you've not lost anyone of note. Um, but do, uh, we asked Sarah this on the Sharks podcast. Do you think there's any truth to the sort of the soft draw stuff that both you and Cronulla got last year? I mean, it, obviously it does matter who you play. But the thing is, if you're the Cowboys, you are going to get the favorable conditions in your home games every single year. That's just not something that's going to change. So whether it is or it isn't a soft draw, like, I mean, do you, surely you just except that that's part and parcel of everything right now and that there's no reason to really expect them to take a step backwards. Correct. And I mean, like every team that had, I mean, the Cowboys obviously played everyone. So that would have been included in going into 2022, everyone's soft draw. They play the Cowboys twice, whatever. So I don't know. Like you can only play what's there. Um, 
like the yeah, sure that they um might have had a soft draw, but I don't know who cares. They like the, the concern there is they didn't beat a stack of top teams on the way there, but I don't know they got enough wins to finish third, so do what you do. I think they beat. They beat Para in Darwin, which was really weird. That was the first time I felt like, hang on, maybe they could be good this year. They beat the Storm when Harry Grant was playing halfback, which is also weird, but we never beat the Storm, so I'm taking that every day of the week. Um, they beat Cronulla down in Cronulla in a final. Um, they, apologies, Nick, but I think they knocked over the Raiders a couple of times, and they were a good finals team. So I'd like to see them beat the more top sides, sure, but uh, I can't change the draw. <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter. And yeah, it, mate. Like, I, I think you've nailed it. I, it's a bit like the Sharks, where I really, really want to see the Cowboys get tested against those top sides. And yeah, you just kind of ran through it there a little bit. We never, to me, I don't think we really saw them against a top tier team. Apart I mean, they knocked from, over Penrith. They knocked over Penrith in the final round, so I'll take that. Uh, yeah, but that, that's the thing. So they played Penrith, <laughs> and they dusted Penrith's seconds, right? And they dusted Melbourne's seconds as well. They played Penrith down here around Origin time, or it might have been just before, and they kind of yeah. got, they kind of got, they kind of got smashed. Yeah. But it was only after that that I felt they really evolved into the best version of themselves. You know what I mean? Like they played Cronulla up in Townsville, and they didn't have a few of their Origin guys. You know, they yeah. played the Roosters at the SCG. The, the week after um, Paul Green passed. They played South Sydney late in the season in Sydney and they didn't have Tom Dearden for that game either. So, like, I don't ever feel like we truly saw the best of them against the best of the other top sides in the competition, with the exception of those two Parramatta games, one which is in Darwin, which they won handily, and the other one up at town, up at home where they lost, you know. And then there was also the the incredible final against the Sharks where, look, I know I know – the backers living outside the law and the system and waiting for a righteous cause. But that would have had me come out of hiding that one. Like that was totally, that was absolutely magnificent. I thought so. It's clear that this team has that sort of special thing in them, but I want to see it against Penrith and I want to see it against the Roosters and I want to see it against South. So it's kind of like, I like I I I want to believe in this team and I and I want to see this so show it to me like you know give me I feel exactly the same I feel exactly the same Yeah uh, what 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 where can they get better in that case if if you both want to see this backer where, what areas of the field do you think that they can show improvement in this year That is a great question that I'm going to offload to Nick Hampton because you have left me on the spot there and I have I don't know well, I guess it's 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 got to be it's got to be where you find it, right? Like I don't think you can, as good as he was, I don't think you can rely on Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nanai scoring yeah. seventeen tries again. You know, you've got to treat that kind of like found money. You can probably bank on like ten or twelve tries, but getting seventeen and stuff. So I think that what they got to do is take what they did and just find ways to keep repeating it. Something that I'm a little bit excited about, and I can't believe I'm so keen on this. But Cohen Hurst moving back to second row, oh, I'm kind yeah. of I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into it. Like we all remember when Cohen Hess came into the big leagues, right? And yeah. he looked fucking phenomenal. He looked yeah. he he looked you know what he looked like? He looks like Jeremiah Nanai huh? with a better work rate. Like he's yeah. he had that same thing, he had that same aerial ability, he had that same 
just uncanny knack of of scoring tries, you know. Um, there was a there's a there's a semi final. He, he also had Jonathan Thurston feeding him, but yeah. Come on, like let me dream, let me dream. Sure. Like, do you guys remember? You guys remember that semi final in 2016 where yeah. the the Cowboys Pam beat the Broncos. Pam Waller ran for five million meters. Yeah, it was crazy. Colin Heff, Colin Heff overshadowed with only like. 250 of his own. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the Cowboys beat him in extra time. Tamalolo, it's the it's the greatest game I've ever seen a forward play in rugby league, yeah. what Tamalolo did that night. And it totally overshadowed – it's like yeah. the backer says. Totally yeah. overshadowed Cohen Hess running for, like, 200 metres on the edge and scoring an incredible try where he backed up a break from, from 60 metres away. And then after that, it just sort of stopped and it finished. And it's like Drago just sort of figured out, oh, you know what, I'm just better than everyone else and I don't have to try as hard. And like for a while there, it looked like he might drop, he might just drop out of the league entirely, but then sort of reinvented himself as a middle. He was pretty solid all the last year. And I wonder if maybe Todd Payton finds a little bit of that good stuff again. Mm. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it balances out those edges and you've got Nanai on one edge and you've got Hess on the other. And like maybe we get a little bit of a little bit of a throwback, a little bit of a 2017. Style thing from from bit from big Cohen, you know. Maybe this is this is how we bring you it all are, back home. And maybe Cohen Hess I would is love that. maybe Cohen Hess is like giving interviews in the middle of the season. He says, "Yeah, I lost my way for a while there, but now I'm back." Like I can see it happening. I can I can I can see it happening. And I I don't know if that's because because I want it to happen because I always liked Cohen Hess a little bit more than I should have. Hmm. But I can I can I can feel it. There's something there's something doing that. Well. I would be delighted if that's the case. I, you're a braver man than me to still be um, a Cohen Hess believer. I'm a, I'm a believer in a lot of guys who I should not believe in anymore. And please come home, Jake Clifford. But um, <laughs> but that is the concern. So Tom Gilbert's gone. Um, there's and he was really good last year. He's an Origin player um, through injury, whatever. But he played his. He was phenomenal. Um, uh, I think he's a little bit underrated loss. Um, and the, yeah, I think our depth is a, is an issue. Um, and so Cohen has to move in there. Hopefully it pays off. Hopefully Todd does get the good stuff out of him, but that is a worry for me. I do. Well, like I, I got to prove it basically. It's not a, it's not a, yeah. I G'd it up a little bit there about Cohen has, but even if Cohen Hess doesn't really work out there, they've got Helam Lukey who's going to come back from a knee reconstruction. Yeah. I don't think he'd be fit for round one. I'd probably want to bring him back no. through the Q Cup anyway. Yeah. But Mitch like Dunn there as well. Look, yeah, we were all really high on, on Lukey. Mitch Dunn mm. like is a really a really skillful player, really great passer. So that might change things up for them offensively if he gets in there. And then I don't know what's happening with Luciano Lula's court case, but you know, you could get him back at any point. So there's like there's all there's op- there's options there. If things don't if things don't really work out with Big Cohen, but um, yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic that the Cows can match what they did last year. So TAB, have you got a young player like a real gun, up and comer that you're excited to see this season? I want to see him because he's been talked about, but Tom Chester, I like like that. They, they hear big things of him. Um, he might jag that. Utility 14 spot on the bench. Um, he's a halfback, isn't he? He's he, so uh, from various different places I've seen. He's played half. He's been training at centre apparently in the in the preseason, um, and he 
like he, he was sort of sold as a fullback. He made his debut in that game against the Sharks you talked about off the bench. I thought he was sold as a fullback um, when he came on then. So I don't know. Um, he's a young guy that that has been talked up. Um, there's another one that uh, you can maybe give us some more on. Tanya uh, Sadruga. Um, and... Yes, Sadrugu. Sadrugu is one. So I, the first time I, I'd heard of him from the cows, like I'd heard his name, but I didn't know much about him. But the first time I saw him play was for Fiji in the World Cup yeah. last year. And yeah. I, I can't remember who he was against. It was against one of the, you know, God bless him. It was against one of the real shitty teams. Fiji ran up a score. And he scored a try from about 40 metres out. And just seeing the way he moved, I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Where have they been hiding this guy? Like, this guy's a, this is an athlete. This is not like just some some shit kicker that they've dragged up from, you know, from Cut and Cane or something like that. Like, this guy's really got something. And I looked him up and it turned out he'd been playing rugby sevens for Fiji for like the last yeah. three years. And I was like, well, yeah, that explains yeah. that. So I don't know what their plans are with him. I don't know where he's going to go, well, where he played, he's going to play. Well, he played centre in Q Cup last year, but he's like over the preseason been training as a middle forward. So I don't well, know. I remember, I remember another Fijian import who the Cowboys moved to prop. And then he went to Penrith and turned into Viliami Kickout. So yeah. maybe this, maybe we can we add can this only, to the, hope. we can add this to the stressing long list of Cowboys juniors that went to other clubs yeah. and became fantastic. But Please so Drugu is someone I've got my eye on. Yeah, and the other one, um, I'm not sure how close he is to um, first grade debut, but the name is um, one to look at anyway. Riley Price, son of Steve Price. Oh. Um, so he's thereabouts. He's pretty close, I think. Um, but it sort of offers the chance to segue into asking Campo if he was a uh, Steve Price or a Shane Webke guy growing up, because uh, I know that was a thing. Oh, of course. Like, what's happening under the floor? Bunga, were you Webke or Price? Uh, Webke. You want to expand or? Well, he's the better player. Fair. I mean, okay. like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, well, yeah. I thought I, Shane Webke was the best prop when we were growing up. Yeah, he was. I liked Webke more because he was just so straight up and down and, like, he was so tough and uncompromising and all that. And, like, Steve Price was all right with his charge downs and all that and all that sort of stuff but like webke was like the epitome of of rugby league masculinity in the absolute best sense like everyone like i i defy you to find someone that didn't love shane webke and i've got a good webke price story so when i was about 13 or 14 um i knew someone who was living in brisbane and he sort of got to know Webby a little bit. I'm not, I can't even really remember how I think their sons might've played footy, junior footy together or something like that. And so this guy like gets onto Webby and he says, you know, I know this kid and like, he's a mad footy fan and he's a front rower and he absolutely loves you and all that sort of thing. Later in life, I evolved into someone who likes Dave Taylor's and Faletti Mateo's more than Shane Webke because my own skills really improved a little bit. And I like found a love for flick passes and dummies and shit like that. But back then I couldn't do any of that. So straight up and down for Webby. That was for me. He's one of my guys. So Webby goes, yep, no worries. I'll send him an email. And he sent me this, this email. And I've still got a printout of it, you know, stashed somewhere away in the records. And it was really good stuff. It was all about how, you know, you got to be tough and uncompromising. And if you want to be the best, you got to train hard and you got to do extras on your day off and stay clean and all that sort of deal. But it was also peppered throughout with like these really random shots at Steve Price. So it was things like, 
don't just watch the stat sheet. The Steve Prices of the world see they've gained 200 metres and think they've had a great game. That's not true. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? Or it said, if you run into the defence, always run front on. Don't back into them like Steve Price does sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, what must have happened between Webby and Steve Price that was burning within Webby so much that he had to unload his his anger and his disdain on a 13-year-old kid who he had never met and still has not met to this day. Like maybe I can't I, like maybe he lost his origin spot to Price or something like that. Maybe he resented that Price after wow. he retired that Price had sort of you know sort of put himself up as one of the best props in the game. But yeah, I have no reason why. But Steve, Shane Webke on the day he wrote me that email could not stand Steve Price. And 17 <laughs> years later, I presume I presume it's pretty similar. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and what? How much did that shape your life going forward? Um, a lot because like, I don't respect stat stuffers. I don't respect guys that just put up empty calorie numbers. I'm a believer that somebody can still have a really good game, even if they don't average a lot of meters, but I've gone too far with that now. Like you guys remember the game a couple of years ago where Adam Blair had one run. (laughs) So they played the storm at Amy Park. It might've been on Anzac day or it might not have been. I don't remember. Adam Blair had one run. He was playing second. He was playing, I think he's playing lock. He had one run where he sort of like busted a tackle and scored a try from about 12 meters out. Apart from that, I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't, he didn't, didn't run the ball. It was all just going under the line and passing, but I still thought he had a really good game because he did all the other Adam Blair shit where he like, you know, controlled the middle of the field and, you know, did things to opposition halfbacks that should have had him get arrested and stuff like that. Like, so maybe that's it. Maybe like I've overcorrected like Shane Webke told me to. And now I just have a disdain for guys to put up numbers altogether. But I don't know. I'm comfortable with where I'm at. That's fair. Um, Latrell Mitchell, I'm sure, is nodding in agreement with this uh, box scores are for losers assessment, yeah. which I do g'day, agree g'day, with. Yeah, good day if you're listening, Latrell. I'm sure, oh, he's a huge fan. Huge fan. Um, TAB, um, you've talked about a few guys that you think are going to come on from the younger ranks. Is there anyone in particular that was a part of the first grade squad last year that you think is really, really going to make a leap this year? I mean, Nanai can't get much better, but is there someone that you can see get taking a Nanai like leap and, and sort of becoming one of the premier players in their position? A Nanai Is that the term? I, sure. Yeah, sure. Can I just do Nanai for a second though? Because yeah, like, yeah. His, all of his, I mean, okay. I'm just about to go straight into stats after listening to that incredible spiel about how stats are terrible. But the thing is, like Nanai was, I love Nanai since he's come in. But aside from the tries, he, I don't know, it's hard to say that he he wasn't fantastic because he was. But he has so much improvement in him anyway, because the tries mask the fact that he's a 19 year old kid still learning. And I think he actually can get better and be more involved and um, and up his game that way, which he should because he's a kid still learning the game. That's not a criticism at all. Um, the guy I'm a little bit excited about um, is Griffin Neem. He, uh, I mean, he played, a fair, he played quite a bit last year off the bench, but I think he can just have more of an impact. Um, uh, like he had quite a big impact in different games, but I, I, hopefully he just keeps going well. I, I really like the vanilla gorilla. Like I, yeah. I, I he's he's one of the he, he's just one of those super tough Kiwi dudes who's been like yeah. running up mountains and wrestling cows since he was six years old. You know what I mean? Like country strong, farm strong. That's Griffin name. 
But what I really yeah. liked about him, like there's a lot of big, strong dudes, but he's got better footwork than people think. And a low-key thing that I really dug last year is like, so you know how Jason Salmololo suddenly became a passer last year? Yeah. And yeah. was like whipping the ball around a lot more and and really good stuff like that. I think he had like four tries last year and three even with a Griffin name. Yeah, was, that was, yeah. The same thing. It was Talmalolo drifting across field and Neem just picking a gap and just pouring through it. So for for whatever reason, those two have just sort of st- struck up a really nice little affinity in the middle of the field. And, you know, maybe it was just a coincidence or maybe they just found something in each other. But that was like a really unexpected little wrinkle of the Cowboys season that I very much enjoyed. Because the only thing better than like farm strong dudes reckon guys is two big units combining, you know, with ball in hand. Yeah, it's – I think it's an exciting season a lot for the Cowboys. I mean, I think they'll still be pretty good. I don't know if they'll be in the top four again. I picked them to finish fifth TAB, but my co-host has gone another direction. Yeah, so I don't know if it's because – I'm nervous. I don't know if it's because I'm traumatized from the prelim or I don't know if it's because okay. I hung out with the anonymous backer too much and I've soaked up too much of his pessimism. Or I don't know if it's because I did my ladder wrong and put too many teams into that many is spots probably what it is. And just ended up with with one left over that I shouldn't have. Like I guess I guess we'll never know. But in the way my ladder shook out, I, the Cowboys like ninth. I don't yeah, even know how it happened because I've just been I've just been like talking them up for 40 odd minutes. So I don't know. Look, I, look on my ladder, I reckon I've got like maybe 10 teams that can make the top eight. Like it wouldn't surprise me if the Cows make the top four again and make me look like an absolute Derek. Like I'm comfortable with that happening. Like maybe this is like an emotional hedge, like a, a way to jinx the sharks and take the pressure off the Cowboys. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what is going to happen. A lot of these. I'm losing my mind. Is the anonymous backers already made a call, and some shadowy figures are coming over to your house <laughs> tonight. After to I you out. after I after I paid off that well, that that guard at the border for you. Doesn't matter. I don't. It doesn't make me mad at all. I, I this is how uh, this is how little I care about this sort of stuff. Last year, going in, uh, like there was no reason to be excited about or think that they were going to play finals, top four, or anything after the previous few years. Um, but I was a, a little bit annoyed with a few um, of my colleagues chirping about how they were absolute certainties with a wooden spoon, and I um, uh, just out of pure pride bit back and said, "I'll buy you boys a carton each." if they finished last, um, but didn't like ask them to offer up anything at all. Ah. So they not only didn't finish last, as which the, I got away uh, with. Yeah. As the master of the case bet, that's where you've gone yeah. wrong. You've not asked yeah, them to provide well, you a case. Well, yeah. Bung- yeah. Bung- yeah. So, like, I won absolutely nothing. You know what you won? Pride. Respect. When you work as a you lumberjack. You can't drink that. Uncharted for- when you work as a lumberjack, in the uncharted forests of Siberia, as you do, mm. that's more important that than like childish concerns like money. But Bungers, didn't you have the cows to finish last? last I think year? I had them last or second last. I can't remember. I, I said at the start of the show that it was the most wrong I was about a team. I have no strong feelings towards the Cowboys. I like the anonymous backer. I wish him and them the best. But yeah, I was wrong last year. Maybe I'll be wrong this year and they'll fall back into the pack. But they were just really good last year. And... There's no reason to think they're going to be massively worse, even if they're a little bit worse because of their schedule and maybe a few more guys play Origin or, or something. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, TAB, where have you got them? I would... Uh, fifth, I'd be wrapped with because that means they've competed and and they've proved last year wasn't a fluke. So I'd be really, really pumped about that. Yeah, I think I think 
But you want you want a, you want a home final, don't you? Like as long as yep. you get a home final and you win it in some form, yeah. I think yep. yeah. I honestly, unless you win a premiership, I feel like that's kind of the best anyone can ever hope for. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely. tell you from experience of six years of home finals and no premierships, it's not it's not satisfying. Did you? Yeah, it's, it's not really a home, is it? No, it's not. It's oh, imagine, <laughs> imagine if they had to play a prelim at Redfern Oval for four thousand. Well, why don't they? Why don't they just play all their games at the new Sydney Football Stadium? Well, for some reason, literally, literally five minutes from Redfern. Well, Nick, for some reason, a bunch of like Roosters fans and other lunatics decided that even though both of those stadiums are owned by the same sort of governing body that it would that they it wouldn't be fair if they went and played at this one because they signed a contract at the other one even though again they are operated by the same people i don't really get it sure i i i, I mean what year is it now 2023 if we're not back at moore park by like 2025 at the absolute latest i'll be i'll be shocked mm-hmm. stunned we're talking about souths bungard's law we always end up on them so let's boat this bass mm, indeed all right uh, anything to promote? Not really, because you live in the shadows. So I guess you're just going right. to promote the dark web, the Silk Road. One thing to promote. Uh, because don't I do it. This, this is how they'll track you down. Don't promote anything. No, I need to, I need to promote it because I got through an entire podcast talking about the Cowboys without saying Ruben Cotter and he rules. Oh. So I'd like to promote him. Yeah, that's fair. All right. They, they can't trace you to that unless they... That is, that is the one thing. Like maybe that's how they get a little bit better last year than last year because yeah, Ruben Cotter... Missed a lot of footy, did his hamstring in the warm-up, um, yeah. I think the game after Origin won, and then he yeah. didn't come back until the series was over. So it was like six a week, six or eight weeks out. They were very, very careful with him. But he is the shit. And if he's there all season, then the pack, you can presume the pack will be a little bit better. So maybe then that's how they can take that extra step forward. I yeah, hate yeah. myself for having them in ninth. I really do. So many of these previews have ended with you saying you hate yourself, and I'm fine with that. So I'm Mate, really nothing, glad the nothing wrong, we've gone. Nothing wrong with a bit of Catholic self-loathing. Indeed. It's working, been working for centuries. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, the Catholic Church is as big as it's ever been. Some would That's say. right. All right. Uh, TAB, say goodbye. Goodbye. No one listening to this, try to find him or else. <laughs> say goodbye, Cambo. See you, mate. Have fun in the shadows, TAB. And it's goodbye from me.